right, all right. NBA Quick Pot is locked and loaded for Friday, November the 4th. Mackenzie Rivers, NBA betting expert, is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today, I've gone through the NBA card for Friday. I'm going to have to go ahead and convince Mackenzie here of my best handicap. I'll do my best. I'll give my handicap on a side total and a player prop. Mackenzie will go ahead. He'll grade those handicaps and pick the one that he believes best. He'll go ahead and grade them on a scale of 1 to 10. Then Mac will go ahead. He'll buy one of those plays. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll make that our our, our suggested featured pick there. Uh, right now, throughout the season, our quick pod's not doing too bad, Mac. I guess we're we're above 500. So 11 and 10, 55 percent. So we're gonna go ahead and try to increase that tonight in our suggested picks. Right now, four and three, so we're you know hitting about 57 percent on those. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna sweep the board there, Mac. Tonight we got to get back to the three and O stuff because that was you know that was kind of fun. So uh, let me jump right in here. Let me start with my total play. Let's go ahead and let's try this one out. Let's take the Mavericks and the Raptors over in the first quarter. Now, look, guys, we don't have a number right now for this. No total has dropped for this game. So, Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead and project maybe somewhere around 53 and a half, 54, somewhere in that area. But my buy price would be like 55 for this game. I'll take that over in the first quarter. Uh, the Raptors, they've ramped it up on offense the last two games. And I actually think that that is by design. The Raptors started out the season as this slower kind of grinding defensive team, and that netted them a 3-3 three and three record. But the last two games, Toronto has scored 139 and 143 points. Now, look, that was against the Hawks defense and the Spurs defense, and I get it, but I think that it should be noted that they blew those teams out. And when you get that kind of a result, more of the same is never a bad thing. All the players, they got touches, and they're you know looking to probably go out there and run and gun and get plenty of touches in this game. I doubt whatever they changed up changes for this game. I want to ride the hot team in some form or fashion, and the Raptors scoring points right now, it works for me here with this game. Uh, we also need Dallas to kind of cooperate, you know, with the other half of this equation. And although the Mavericks operate, I guess I don't want to say at a snail's pace, but at one of the slowest paces, if not the slowest pace in the league, I actually think the Raptors can speed them up enough to actually – enjoy running a little bit here for the Mavericks. The Raptors scored 43 and 41 points in their last two games in transition. Why would you not want to run, you know, if you're the Raptors against a slower paced defensive type team? Uh, I don't see any reason why they don't push the hyperspeed button here against the Mavericks. Now the Mavs, um, I don't know. I could see them running and it's going to probably be more of a, if they do run in this game, it's going to be a concentrated three-man attack with Luka, Dinwiddie, and Wood. All guys who like to run, who can get up and down the court, and will actually shoot threes. The Mavs, they're not a good assisting team, and I kind of like that a little bit here, that if it is a little bit of a faster pace, you know, Luka and Dinwiddie on the break, they're not going to hesitate to jack up shots. And if Luka and Dinwiddie get hot, it's a shooting attack that that won't take really, you know, that much time for, for these guys to go in and really get into. And another reason why I like this play, if the Raptors are going to continue to play like this right now, well, I think we're actually getting this right at the beginning, and we could probably try this you know, for the next few games before the market actually realizes that this Raptor team has completely changed who they are and they, 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 they've switched things up, and then the market will react. So, look, if we notice that, that this is the case, I think we can probably ride this you know, maybe for a two, three, four games before the market really does adjust a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead, Mac. I'm going to make that my uh, – my total play here, Raptors, Mavericks, over the total in the first quarter. And we'll go ahead, we'll take that up to a buy price of like 55. But I think 53 and a half, 54, somewhere in there. I think that's where we're going to get this one. But I really like that one. 
saying a lot of things that make a lot of sense to me. Uh, while you were talking, I looked up some numbers that really verified uh, what you're talking about, talking about changing stripes. So let's talk about the Raptors. 24 and a half transition possessions per game. That's second in the league. They were high last year, but that's up 20% from last year when they were top 10 in the league. The Mavericks, okay, they're second in least amount of transition opportunities, but we know that. They're a very slow, methodical team. The number prices that in with the low total, but they're actually up 16% from last year when they were the bottom. Now they're second to last, and their transition opportunities have gone from 13 to 15 per game. So both teams playing a lot faster. Uh, my question to you is, with everything that you said, with my numbers that back you up, uh, what do you think about the game versus the first quarter? Because generally, if you're right, and I think you have a lot of strong points that indicate that you're right, uh, you want a larger sample of of possessions and of, of opportunities for your rightness to be proven out, whereas the first quarter, one-fourth of the amount of time, uh, more randomness arguably is at play. So why did you uh, identify the first quarter as where you want to go? Well, because the Raptors have actually had success throughout their last eight quarters running and gunning. So I think they come in immediately trying to run and gun. And I think Dallas at some point, if they start falling behind, they're going to realize this is not the way that we want to play. So maybe a second half under might be the way. But I worry that if Dallas starts like not liking this pace, that they're going to really slow it down and they're going to try to switch the momentum and, and dictate you know, how the pace is run. And maybe it's a live bet. You know, maybe it's one of those situations. At some point, I think Dallas is going to realize that they don't want to get too far out of their comfort zone. So I think maybe in the beginning we get that high pace where Dallas is okay. Hey, let's go out and, you know, we'll go out and play the, play this type of game with these guys. But if they do fall behind, you know, I don't think you get a lot of timeouts in the first quarter when, as the game gets more important. And if these, you know, if this game's close and Dallas is saying, you know what, this isn't really working. Let's get back to, you know, what we do and, and, and how we do this. Um, that's the reason why I really wanted to go ahead and attack the first quarter versus the game. Solid handicap, really solid stuff, Sleep. I'm going to give this an 8.2. Uh, that's strong. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to top that because 8.2 to date is your strongest handicap so far. All right, awesome. Highest one there. I actually, before I even, we even got on this pod, Mac, I said this is the one he's going to pick, and it wasn't the last one. It was the one that I'm about to give you. And this is my player prop. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Marcus Smart under 11.5 points. For some reason, unknown, I can't explain it, the Bulls have actually been very, very good against point guard scoring, and it's been very good the last four games. These teams just played four games ago, and Smart had 11 points. Here are the last three point guards that the Bulls have faced. Harden, he was 2 for 13 from the floor, scored just four points on the floor. Now, he had 11 for 11 free throws. He scored 15 points in the game, but Harden just shot the ball terrible. Kyrie, 2 for 12, four points in that game. And he played like 30-some minutes. It's not like he you know, didn't go out there and play. Kyrie was 2 for 12, four points. And in the last game, Dennis Smith Jr., just 10 points. So the Bulls have made it a point some for some reason to slow down the point guard. And if Smart's blanketed and he there's no shot for him, he's kicking it to Brown and Tatum, and they're just going to end up shooting the ball all game long. Now, Smart hasn't really been you know a, a super high scorer throughout his entire career. But his numbers scoring, I believe, are down right now. I don't think this prop is really all that hard to figure out. The Bulls are doing something to keep the point guards from scoring. Smart scoring 11 points or more, just two out of seven games this year. So I'm going to follow the smart trend. I'm going to follow the Bulls' recent success against point guards. I'm playing Marcus Smart under the 11.5 points there, Mac. I felt very comfortable with that, that everything kind of just lined up. 
you know, new team, new offense. Uh, Jason Tatum seems to be doing a lot more with the ball. Jalen Brown doing a lot more with the ball. Um, Marcus Barr on the season, only 10.4 points per game. So you'd have to make the argument that he should score more than that. I think you bring up some good points with the Bulls point guard defense. I wonder if it's what's happening is they don't have an offensive point guard, really. They have a second-year player, Ayo Desunmu. And maybe I said that right. I'm not exactly sure. And Alex Caruso plays uh, 25 minutes a game for them. So he's going to be a defense first point guard. So, you know, how are you going to get those checks? Trying to stay in the league. If you're not an offensive point guard, usually you got to be elite defensively. And the Bulls have offensive wings and defensive guards, it seems like, at the moment. So it makes sense that they are fourth in the league right now in fantasy points allowed to point guards. You know, a proxy for points, rebounds, and assists. And I don't think that's just noise. I think you're onto something. So I like this a little bit less than the first quarter. Slightly less to surprise you, but 8.0 for me. All right. Here's the one that I do not think that you're going to be on board with, but just try to follow where I'm at here with this there, Mac. I know this has not been a team that you and I have been supportive of. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Timberwolves on the money line plus 130. So, Mac, I want you to open up your uh, – I want you to open up your, your ESPN app there, and I want you to look at the Bucks there for me. Now, the Bucks are 7-0 the season, and they haven't lost a game yet. But, Mac, I want you to read off the number of teams that the Bucks have beaten this year. Actually, no, I don't care about beating because they beat them all. Why don't you read off the number of teams that the Bucks have played this year that have a 500 or above record? All right, I like that one second. That would be, starting from the top, the Atlanta Hawks, end of list. That's it. And so one out of seven teams has an above 500 record. All right. Um, now, can you tell me how many road games the Bucks have played this year and when that road game was? Well, that's a very good point because uh, they've played, let me count them, one, uh, one away trip to Philadelphia, and uh, it was the first game of the season, actually. So the Bucks have played six straight home games? Indeed. Interesting schedule, Quirk. All right. So let's see. You haven't played many good teams or, you know, I guess you could say you played one above 500 and you played one road game and that was to kick off the beginning of the season that you won by two points. Um, look, I'm not sitting here saying that the Bucks aren't good, but I'm thinking that they could be a little overvalued in the marketplace right now. The reason I want the money line is because Gobert and Edwards right now are questionable with an illness. In my eyes, I think if these two players get ruled in, this line goes to probably damn near a pick em. So I'm going to have my eyes glued to the news reports, and I'll be looking for the injury update. I don't see this line going up, um, even if these guys are ruled out. Maybe it'll tick up a half point. But what I think is that when everybody starts looking at, at this Bucks team, and I don't think they really noticed it, but I think the fact, like once a team has to go on the road, um, people start to notice a little bit. And I think the quality of the competition that they've played, and I think that they're, you know, the fact that it's only their second road game, I think a lot of the wise guys are going to look at that and they're going to probably put their money on the Timberwolves. We know that Giannis is like all world talent right now. But if Gobert plays and you have Cat down there, I think that that limits Giannis in some way, shape, or form. And I know that we've said this before, and, and Giannis will still go out there and he'll still score 43. I get that, but this is a different type of team that I think he's playing versus all the other teams that he played before. And you're going to ask guys who haven't been asked to do a whole lot this year, and I think that that's really the case here with Milwaukee. 
to go out there and have to be scorers. Um, and, and I don't trust that. Right now, Holiday's a little dinged up. Um, you, I mean, you're asking Grayson Allen to go out there and do things that he normally don't do. Uh, you're asking Brooke Lopez to go out there and do things that he normally wouldn't do. At least th- last year, okay, these guys were, were you know a little bit more involved in the offense. But this year, it's been Giannis. Like Giannis is beating teams single-handedly all by himself. So if Gobert's out there and Cat's out there and they could slow him down, I just don't like everything that I see. Bad teams, second road trip in freaking, what, three weeks. And now you're going to go up, I think, against probably, I'll just say an evenly matched uh, matchup here for for uh, for Giannis. So uh, I'm going to take the Timberwolves plus to 130. And I think if Edwards and Gobert end up playing this game, this goes close to a pick em. And if it does, and if those guys get rolled out, I don't see how this line really gets much higher, maybe three and a half or something like that. But I do think the sharp guys will take the Timberwolves and they might actually take them early and take them on the money line like I'm doing here. So that's where I'm at there, Mac. I'm not sure if you like that one, but it just it smells really bad to me that the Bucks, uh, you know, 7-0, they just feel really overvalued to me right now. I smell what Sleepy is cooking. I got to be honest with you. You have brought it one and two today on uh, our Thursday pod. Uh, disappointing results, but I think you're going to go three and zero. These are three very strong handicaps. Let's talk about this one. Friday slight road favorite, seven and zero, played six straight home games. This is like tailor made squares versus sharps, and you are on the sharp side. It makes a lot of sense. Team that's been disappointing, just lost to the Suns, got embarrassed as a favorite on the Spurs. I was on both of those games. I got to be honest, that's that sticks in my craw, and it does with a lot of betters. That's why they usually jump off these teams and they go back a seven o seven and o team with the best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It sounds like a square paradise at minus one fifty. How many parlays are going to be on college football, the Suns, and the Bucks on the road to cover versus the disappointing so far Wolves, even though they're four and four. I love it. It's a strong play. This, uh, this um, man, you got an 8.2 in the first one. Got an 8.0 with Smart, which actually thinking about it more, probably should have been better than that. Uh, this is going to be an 8.3. I'm buying it. Timberwolves, I'd like to buy all three, honestly. These are three strong plays. Well done, sir. You definitely brought it today, but I'm going to stamp the Timberwolves as my, as, uh, my bot play. All right, I kind of fell into the same situation with your quick pod picks yesterday. Like, I wanted to buy all three. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal here, Mac, hit all three. It, it's cool. You know, if we, go, if we go two and one and the suggested pick don't hit, hey. But w- I feel like we're taking the biggest risk on the Timberwolves money line. But it all makes sense to me. Like, it does feel like it's a sharp versus squares type of play. So, look, if you guys like, you know, if you guys like the Bucks or something like that and you're like, you know what, uh, you don't have to play the you don't have to play the Timberwolves. Just don't play the game. That, that there's nothing wrong with you know not losing money. So uh, with that done and out of the way, those are the picks for today. Mac, you got a hot topic you want to get to? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think uh, on a night like this, there's only one hot topic in the NBA that we got to talk about, and that's Kyrie Irving being suspended five games without pay for at least five games for conduct in which he was deemed to be. Uh, what was it exactly? Let me get. For conduct deemed to be unfit, or he was deemed to be unfit to be associated with the Nets. And uh, try to make this a 15-minute podcast. I don't really want to go long. You had strong analysis, which is the heart of this podcast, NBA Bet Tank, I think, for the three handicaps. I'll just say I disagree with the decision. It's the Nets' decision to make, and uh, I disagree with it. That's all I got to say. 
I didn't even know Kyrie got suspended. And I actually had to ask you, like, what the hell did he even do? Because I don't pay attention to that type of shit. I just don't. Like, I want to know about basketball. I want to know if, you know, if our player props it and what's going on and, you know, the NFL. Like, that. that's where I'm at. I don't read that a whole lot of that newsy type shit. So, um, you know, if he hurt anybody's feelings, hopefully he does the right thing and, and makes right. And he can get his ass back out on the basketball court because the Nets need him right now. So, so that's a wrap for the quick podcast. Make sure you guys check out McKenzie and I's podcast tomorrow night on RJ Bell's Dream Podcast feed. We'll be releasing our Friday featured pick. That is the Fezzik Bankroll Bet. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. And uh, that'll wrap up the NBA Quick Pod edition. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.